Television may or may not be good for Hitchhiker, but Hitchhiker will be good for television. Television situation comedy has got to a dire state. I say that Hitchhiker is actually situation comedy. Sitcom does not have to be about newlyweds in a bedsit or whatever. I wanted to show that there is actually far more that you can do with comedy, both on radio and TV, than is being done. So are the words of Douglas Adams. But those aren't my words, because they're the words of Douglas Adams. But they are said by me. I'm Mark Stedman, and I don't want to be nailed to a tree for anything. I'm John Barnes, and I'm slightly cheaper. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck, it's me. Uh, I'm Danny Smith, and I'll hit myself so hard I won't know what's hit me. I'm John Hickman. It's vitally important that we talk and drink. Hang on, there's four of us. What are we all doing here? <laughs> oh, there's never been four of us quite before. No, never. You were here. Yeah, this is this is all very convivial. Uh, it's very we festive. Are, it is very festive. We're convening ourselves uh, for a festive Christmas special. That's tautology. Um, what we're going to do? <laughs> and we're going to invite Get your you. Tautologies to- out for the lads. Absolutely. Who taught you that? Um, we are going to invite you, dear listener, to watch along with us episode one of the television series The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. You can find this on archive.org. You can also follow the link in the show notes if you haven't done already. Uh, so what I'm going to suggest that you do is get it queued up and come back to us when you're ready. Okay, or, ready? Or about six or seven uh, beers later. Like, yes. Uh, some of us are. <laughs> so, is a particular, you know, the first edition of... Um, I'm sorry, I haven't a clue. It was put out on Boxing Day by the BBC, uh, and I quote the um, scheduler: "When everyone's pissed, uh, <laughs> no one will mind." Yeah, because um, so this is the. Uh, it really wasn't very good. So this, this is the spirit in which I hope other people take this particularly festive edition of Beware of the Leopard. It's like an alternative queen speech. <laughs> and some alternative queens are here. Hey, why not? Why not? Uh, we each get up to one pause, which means periodically we might tell you uh, to pause what you're watching and we're going to have a little chat um, uh, and then we will tell Can you to resume. Uh, I will, I'll find some sort of old um, 80s read-along book sound effect uh, for, for when you have to turn a page. Quite like a stun gun sound. La, 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 la. There you go. Or ideally, if we can get a good clean recording of John's cat... That'd be fantastic. <laughs> Breakout star of uh, of the of the Mark Stedman John Hickman podcast universe. She is our leopard. Beware of her. <laughs> I don't think that I'm not bitter about like John's cat being more popular and interesting than me. Like, it's a it's we, it's a problem we all face. Everyone likes pussy. <laughs> She's the star of all of my podcasts. She's she's the star of all of our podcasts and all of our hearts. Um, so, on uh, I keep saying on three, and then I count down from from three. So I'm going to count up from three, is as is three as is the way we do. It. Well, this is this is the question. I think we go one, two, three. I think we go one, two, three. Play. Um, okay. So, one, two, three. Play. And we are looking at the time, which is now six thirty in the morning. Okay, These, so, so we're all at the same point. We are at the same point. Yeah. Destruction okay. of Earth due at 11.46. Time to elapse before end of the world. 
Five hours, 16 minutes, 45 seconds. Sorry, are you going to do audio descriptions for the whole fucking film? <laughs> I wasn't planning on, no. Convenient time to destroy the Earth, 11.46. No symmetry, these fucking bogans. No, absolutely. Really annoying, that would. Have you ever but, accidentally watched the TV with the audio captions? Goodness me. Oh, with the, with the um, yeah, the audio description. It's, a uh, man has walked into a room. Mm. He looks cross. He's walking across the room and he has slapped the man. The That's man not a bad idea. I have the, I have the subtitles on because I'm a bit deaf. Can I, can I say I sometimes have subtitles on as well? Yeah, you can. Um, it yes, will be good. Quite, this this is quite a slow start, isn't it? It is quite a slow start. Um, so, let him get away with or is this a model? Because it's a bit shit. A lot of like, this, a lot of this is a bit shit. Dan, can you lean in, please? I can't hear you. Is this a bit shit, or am I mad? Um, I d- like, like it looks like a model or an illustration that they're, they're, they're zooming in on. Like it, they couldn't afford to send a man a man to a hill. It uh, looks very, way. it looks very early eighties. It looks like um, uh, sort of like a an omnibus or something like that. Hey. I'm not a fan of the do- of the don't panic lettering. Um, the uh, the the color that it doesn't look that friendly to me. I do enjoy the 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 art though. Can I yes, the voice of the guide as well. Like oh my god, like oh Simon um, 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 Peter, uh, Peter Jones is uh, he's wonderful. Yeah, uh, and a wonderful um, comic actor and raconteur. He was a, a big panelist in um, uh, the, 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 the the minute program there. This, just a minute. Uh, the, uh, Peter, the book describes um, Arthur Dent just at this moment as one of the minds behind the book. Um, I don't know if that happens in any other uh, things, but that they never get to this, if that is even true, in no story arc. No, that's a very good point, and that's, that is mentioned in the, the introduction of the radio series as well. It's best to tell the story of some of the minds behind it. Um, mm. and, and obviously we know that to be Ford Prefect, but yeah, I, I guess in a, in a, in a sense, I think Ford wanted Arthur to come along with him and help rewrite the no new edition of the guide. That was lovely, lovely, yeah. lovely titles there. No apostrophe. No, yeah, no apostrophe. Models. Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course, cause it's not going to be CGI, is it? The great thing is this thing's this sort of synth score is like super popular now. It is. It's very yes. Uh, it's it's all come come round again, Mister Prosser. Here's all the lads. <laughs> I one of the things I noticed is in radio your performances tend to be a lot bigger because you don't have anything else to to go on. Um, and so Prosser's performance and the Vogon uh, captain, who are the same voice actor they're quite big vocal performances in the radio series but they're much and and you see this a lot with ford they're much more sort of dumbed down in the tv show because you know you've got lots more things to to understand as as cues as to what's going on except for simon jones who is still kind of massively simon jones all over the place he's he's really doing the same performance as he did in the radio show is it the radio show or the tv show we use in the credits it, uh, when sorry? he does the leopard speech. When he does the leopard speech. Oh, oh, we, we oh, I understand. Uh, in the opening titles, we take that from uh, that's taken from the radio series. Yeah, because yeah. <coughs> I was, I was uh, when I was watching, I was listening to hear. <laughs> which do it. Ad. Uh, drink when he says it.
continuity hey! difficulty. He says the sign's outside the door. Mm. The um, can we just uh, kind of uh, can I ask like what that accent is? Like, is whiny English an accent? Is it a sort of home counties thing? It's estuary, isn't it? I'm not sure. Oh uh, no, yeah. Are you talking Prosser or or Arthur? I think he's on, he's on about Arthur, isn't he? Okay, pause, 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 pause. Okay, I need to pause here to say and and kind of admit my own ignorance for fucking years. Like, like I'm on about like recently is the only time that I've discovered this. Um, I thought for years the line was, do you know how much damage the um, bulldozer would do to you? Ah, if I let it. Uh, straight run over over you. Let it run over you, and then he goes no, and he goes none at all in a defeated kind of way, like like because <laughs> they both because they both acknowledge that he would never let that happen to him. Mm. That's nice. That's not. I was wanted to uh, have a pause at this point though because um, in the radio version they don't say none at all. It's none whatsoever. Which is so much better. I don't. Not I'm a, not sure if that's true. I, I think. Yeah, I think the well, book might say book. none whatsoever. I think. I think the. I think the radio series says none at all. Because I was when I first watched the film, mm-hmm. I jumped out at this non-talk, <laughs> and I hate it. Mm. It sounds awful to my ears. I really dislike it. Yeah, I'm. 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 I'm about ninety-five percent sure that in the radio series, it's still. Uh, it's none at all, like that. <laughs> can i also say like what a cracking transition like how weird that transition is and but how good it is to introduce a new character mm. like that's like i would never think of doing that like but that is and i think that you know that comes from that comes from the you know the the radio series being able to do that kind of transition and then when you come to do um a tv show you wouldn't out of necessity you wouldn't well not necessity but because of the medium you wouldn't need to do a transition like that because you can just say you can just cut to another character you can do what they did in the film where you've just got Ford running down the road looking all crazy eyed and just you know find a way of introducing that character that way you don't have to do the segue whereas in radio you've either got to do a nice vocal segue or you've got to do the thing which lasts for about 20 seconds where you fade down the ambient noise of the of the scene that's just finished, wait a second and then fade up on a completely different scene somewhere else. Uh, and, th- and that's how you do a smash cut in radio. Um, but, you know, the other way is to, to have that lovely, that, that lovely segue. And of course, they've got these like amazing graphics mm. to tie it together like in a really neat visual way that you never even notice that is a really weird transition. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you introduce character, because you want a character to go, hi, I'm that character. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's like, oh, no, this is a guy, and this is going to happen in a minute. Yeah. Like, I I think that's really special, and I can't think of another thing that does that. Well, we're going to get to it, so um, let us resume. Three, two, one, resume. So yeah, like you have. So the, these graphics was one of the um, one of those nice things is that it looks all lovely and digital, and it was pencil. And I'd I'd, I'd be interested to know how they actually did that in sort of a, an analog kind of way because 
they had to have been drawing on some kind of backing that meant that they could then overlay it on top of the film. There's um there's a, a an old it's a bit later on where it's actually in a device as well, which is just stunning. Yeah, it, it, it is. It the is, time when they made it. It is cell animation, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I guess so. Yeah, so I guess that that's not too not too hard to overlay. This 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 right now is a fairly simple. You'd have this on most um, edit desks at yes. the time, but it's it's still lovely. It's a lovely use of it. Yeah, because you're so you're going to be watching exactly the same footage. <laughs> yeah. So this I, stuff here with the um, this is a cutaway. Mm-hmm. This is gorgeous. Uh, this yeah. this never happens. This is and, so aces. I always think about the BBC producers. It's like, okay, we need to we need the chimpanzee uh, for three seconds, four <laughs> seconds. Just watch Ford mm. um, in a minute when he starts talking to Prosser, mm-hmm. and I just want you to particularly play it through Capaldi's Doctor Who. Mm. Um, maybe Tennant as well, mm-hmm. but this is the most Doctor Who that Ford is. Ever and absolutely, it, it shows, okay. and, and there's something about this delivery that I kind of this is my this is my Ford, this is my template for Ford. Wow, and ever, and ever, every, every everything I read about Ford, everything I watch about Ford is yeah. this interaction. And actually, I know I know Mark's not so keen on this portrayal. Um, and I I called on him as he got onto the Vogon ship later on, but in this scene, he absolutely smashes it. I don't, I, 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 yeah, it just, it feels too Doctor Who companion um, to me. Is Doctor Who in this scene? I think there's something in the, in, in, in his face, maybe in, in his countenance that doesn't quite feel, there's a boyishness to him that doesn't quite feel doctory to me. Um, but there's a wisdom that, uh, you know, that absolutely is. Um, Some serious hard exposition he had to do as well. <laughs> absolutely. Um, yes, exposition uh, prefect. And, and there's uh, there's a bit coming up that I stole, uh, like, linguistically for years. Which is the taking taking something as read. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's the, if, as you say, in the mud... Oh, yes. I love that! Yes, I stole that for years. It's a lovely like, little throughout yeah. my ten years. It's coming up now. Uh, it's yeah, it's it's a little bit further on, but yes, there's something that I want you to all note about this negotiation, mm. which is that <clears throat> in a an incentive based model, <laughs> these guys would be happy to stay here for the whole day because we are going to find out soon that it's definitely Saturday. Oh, I, I so this is the we'll time. talk. We'll talk about that. At the time. <laughs> this, this is the bit with this is a parody of uh, union uh, company relations, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, no. Oh my god. Yeah, actually, that would be in the zeitgeist at the time, wouldn't it? Here's the line. <laughs> I fucking used that for years, guys. Like, it is lovely. Um, but yeah, I, 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 it hadn't occurred to me the uh, the sort of trade the trade union kind of thing. I find it interesting. That I think in the radio series, the logic argument is is actually taken at face value, whereas in the radio, sorry, whereas in the TV series, it is taken for the ruse that it is. Um, and Arthur's the only Wait one. Wait a minute, Pros- Prosser kind of shows his hand, doesn't he, in a moment? Yes, in the sense of. 
yeah, yeah. That, that smile there. That's it. Is, that's it. And the little him. I'm in on this. That's it. The but quiet little lean back. In the book, it's actually kind of he's he's bamboozled by the yeah, whole situation yeah. yep. and actually took along with it. And I, I think I think this is something that's echoed in the pub, which we'll get to later. In in that I think because TV, the expectations are very different. That I think. It's certain things had to be sort of ironized, uh, and and the characters had to make jokes of them. This, this is a great Hogarth. This drawing, this drawing is brilliant, isn't it? The Alien Hogarth, yeah, it's so Alien good. Hogarth. This is brilliant as well. Listen to the music and the Coke logo, Pan Galactic. Yeah, it's a very. Yeah, no it's a chocolate yeah. advert. This is an eighties chocolate advert. It's a flake, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Turkish delight, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, this and was that, gonna this this was gonna be my pause. So, mm-hmm. if you want to say more on it, we'll 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 take it. But that was basically the point I was gonna make. It was that, either that or just um, some of those high concept alcohol ads they had. You can imagine uh, this would be Cinzano Rosso. Yeah, or absolutely. Yeah, that's like, Cleo uh, Rockus of uh, Kenny of a Television Show lying down there on the table. Yeah. Would that's you like right. to pause and talk more about that, or shall I save my pause? What else you got? I've got something else. There's okay. the, there's a fair bit just on this, so I think we can we can um, we could be here for a while uh, just watching watching this lady. Oh dear. Uh, no, what I meant was, if you wanted to make <laughs> your point, we're just looking at a lady for 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 a lot of this. I'm just I'm just admiring those graphics still. Um, <laughs> I mean, um, you know, we've seen Star Wars create. Um, quite a strong graphic identity at this point as well this, and... this is gorgeous with the, the the hole yeah 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 it's a love that's a lovely little addition my favorite scene my so we've favorite. got we've got quite strict drinking hours at this point as well haven't we so this is lunchtime 12 till 2 or something mm. uh, so um it's got it well if you there's a, the clock comes up in a minute it's at half 11 oh yeah now he's talking about the the match. Mm-hmm. So uh, go on, I'm going to take a pause here. One, two, three. Okay. Pause. 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 Um, so okay. Th- so, so are we are we able to talk into the future of this scene as well? I think we can. So this is it's fascinating. I love this. I love this for so many reasons. I love it that it's a uh, a pub as it as it would have been. It's not you know they're not too friendly, but it's half eleven, mm-hmm. and I think. I think you're going to say, uh, John, because you think that it, because they mentioned the match, yeah, that it's um, a Saturday. Yes, but still, uh, for a Saturday, eleven thirty, the pub is pretty full. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, so, so the, morning, the, the morning shifts of people who do a half day on a Saturday will just be knocking off. Yes, maybe. Um, I think that's I think that's fascinating. I think there's um, so uh, he's also he says are they going to the match later? Yeah. So this has been fascinating me. I've been looking at the pubs called the Red Lion. I've been looking at uh, pubs called the Red Lion in a radius of Highbury where Arsenal is the place, and I was really struggling to find one that could actually work for it because this pub's out in the country somewhere. Um, and but because look, this is. This is an interesting point, and I think this is possibly due to the fact that Douglas is not a football fan. Mm-hmm. It would be completely possible to write this scene without mentioning a team, because do, don't you think you think they don't stand a chance that, and you could say yeah. they because it would be a shared thing that everybody would know who that team was. Okay, 
But luckily, he says Arsenal because it means we can narrow it down to when it was. Right. So I, I've got a slight counterpoint to this, which is I think you're looking at the wrong ground. Well, where would Arsenal be? There's got to be a home. No, I, th- I think this is a cup final day. Ooh. Because. Why because, would you get who's the chance? Well, so they don't stand a chance. That suggests that there's, there is uh, an end game at hand. Um, we know from the opening scene that it's a, it's a, it's a summer spring morning, a spring summer morning, because there's really, if we're going to talk about the sound mix for a second, the sound mix is pretty off in the whole show. The music, the synth music is far too loud in a lot of scenes. The wild track of the birds is far too loud during the process scene uh, when, when Arthur comes out. But it's a, definitely a spring day. We know that Arthur and Ford are going to reappear um, in uh, at Lord's mm-hmm. during an Ashes game a week right. before this happens. Okay. Ooh. Have I got the chronology right? Yeah, I think it's about so, right. You've got a narrow window when there could be a touring um, international side playing at Lords, and there could be a football match on. Are you? And the, the, there is a big match happening. So I'm, all I'm saying is this is a May a May May Day Saturday, uh, so, a Saturday in May so at this, a time when the FA Cup was at the right time. So this is in fact then the 1981 uh, Cup final, 1980 Cup final. Okay. Uh, West Ham. Oh, which Arsenal. was a, which was an Arsenal match. Yeah, West Ham Arsenal. Yeah, played at the, played at Wembley. Yeah. Uh, Arsenal may have stood a chance. They didn't win. Uh, mm. They lost one 0 to West Ham. So that was, I was going. I pitched it. You the spring thing. I I thought the only other date it could be was Arsenal were at home to Spurs on the thirtieth of August. Uh, where was they it won two 0 Well, it's quite a summary. Hmm. But, and um, that would that could that could tie into that could still tie into an Ashes match. Yeah, so it's, I think it's which those are the only two more sense dates. Expect the main touring opposition to be later in the summer. Yeah. So, and the other thing about this scene, um, how much? How much are six points? Right. Well, we'll, we'll, can we rewind back to the previous mention of a fiver? Yeah, which is, is the uh, the uh, the window uh, cleaner. Yeah, Arthur has paid a window cleaner £5 to clean the windows in his house, as mentioned during the process scene. That's how much I pay my window cleaner now, 30 years later. Um, so- oh, yeah, because I think it was obviously going to be an exorbitant amount. I think that that's, yeah, he, that's, yeah, that's the yeah, gag. He, is that he, mentioned, he mentions it in an incredulous way. Yeah. But it's so absorbent. So if we take mm. point inflation, six pints... Uh, a five or a pint, which it is nearly round here, is thirty quid. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I think window cleaning seems to be like um, like CDs. It seems to be stuck in time because <laughs> I, I, I'm still not sure he was offended by the price. I think he was offended by the principle that the man from the council cleaned the windows and charged him a fiver, um, which, yeah. which kind of goes back to that uh, that union relations kind of shirking public sector worker <laughs> discussion we had previously. And when um, when they take a sip of uh, their beer, you'll notice it's as flat as all hell, <laughs> and that that dates this very yeah. much to England at any point. It also wasn't poured very well. I mean, we'll see that in a moment. It was not yeah, poured and, very well. And also, it's, it's the uh, only show in town. 
I, I think this is a, a, a like a IMDb gaff. Like they don't take a sip of a point and go, ooh. <laughs> any Englishman who's ever taken a sip of a point in a pub has to go just for a second. The best on-camera uh, sip of a pint and reaction shot is um, Simon Pegg in Shaun of the Dead. In his imagining of what it would be like to get to the Winchester and have a cold pint and wait for it to all blow over. <laughs> that, that is the encapsulation of an Englishman in his pub. So according to uh, an inflation calculator, uh, in 1980, £5 uh, back then would have um, got you to uh, about £15 now. Right. Uh, so that, that puts you at three quid a pint. So it's, it's kind of spoons prices then. Yeah. I mean, for a local pub, that's probably reasonable because a local pub's going to be cheaper. Um, I would say. Let's draw our attention to the amount of money that Ford will produce in about 30 seconds' time. Oh, I yes. Sound like, the, sound like the narrator right now. Yes, absolutely. Uh, he's got a phenomenal amount of cash about his person for yeah. someone who doesn't actually carry cash that often in the rest of the cycle. Uh, someone who knows that the world's about to end and that cash can't be redeemed. Um, he got it from that's that that's quite that, that's quite uh, an out of work actor. Yeah, that's a very good question. Well, the, the, the doll was strong then, like so. <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's a good visual gag. Yeah, but I'm wondering, I'm wondering if that was a deposit on a table at Millieways. <laughs> but, but you'd be interested. The fact is, this is a bit that it kind of uh, breaks the wall a little bit because. Um, what Arthur's character would do at this point was go in, a fiver? For Christ's sake, Ford, you can't give him the change from a fiver. Is it, are you mad? Mm. That's a very good point. Yeah, he would yeah, be pretty incredulous. Before we unpause, before yes. we unpause, can I just try and pull a line and try and make sense of it for a little bit later? Okay. Uh, it's, it's like two or three lines later. Um, uh, Arthur says about the uh, Reader's Digest. They've got a page for people like you. Yes. I don't get it. Like, I've never read the Reader's Digest. Do they have a crazy person page? They have... The, isn't um, it just a letters page? Yeah, the letters page, essentially. The, people don't so, write letters in to tell you about... It's not like a newspaper letters page. The Reader's Digest magazine letters page is people say, basically telling weak observational jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, Witticisms. It's it's where the it's what the Viz uh, Top letters tips. page is, is. Well, the whole page probably is quite mm. is parodying. Um, yeah, I saw that. Huh? What's that about? Um, <laughs> as a, as so someone, so someone saying the world would end would be by convention something. That would no, it's not. Up. It's not the world ending. Is that is the line that makes it into Reader's Digest? It's the time is an illusion. Lunchtime doubly so. Oh Which, yeah, yeah. That's that's oh, no, the line. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, okay. yeah. No, I am happy with that. I am, <laughs> I am fully sated. <laughs> Excellent. Where are we? Where are we resuming, fellas? I'm at eleven twenty-three. Uh, where are we? Uh, I got twenty. Yeah, I got there. Yeah, I can be there. Works for me. Okay. okay. Three, two, one. Boom. What from a fiver, sir? <laughs> Even Ford's um, outfit is quite eighties. Who? Yeah, yes. no, no, no. Yes. Yes. And a little bit later, if you notice him against Zaphod, like they kind of match the choice of colours, yeah, uh, the choice of patterns. Like it's almost like like the like they got into mind a Beetle Geisian, um style. 
and they yes. made them. Um, you won't see it in this. I was kind of hoping yeah. they would, but yeah, they they are kind of similar. There's a there's an aesthetic that that obviously appeals whether you're buying clothes from M and S or from um, you know, a shop on um. Frastra, the bad yeah. example, but yes, I'm trying. I was trying to think of the uh, of the galactic hypermarket that um, Arthur goes to when he uh, when he gets yeah. the uh, the bag that says "Be like the second elephant in space." Anyway, I, I, I love this line. There was a nice gag just then that we that we've kind of blown past now mm-hmm. about the way that Ford drinks a pint compared to the way Arthur drinks a pint. Now mm-hmm. they're doing it the same, unfortunately. Mm. But previously, Ford was holding his tankard like it was a straight glass. Uh, okay. Um, down and Arthur was basically pinkies out. <laughs> there's a there's a line there that that we've just had as well that I I it's one of those that I subtly enjoy very much, which is um, why is it the sort of thing you're likely to say? It's just it's such yeah, a so lovely that, line. Yeah, you know, I, I, oh it's one of those where I wish I could use it. There's a lovely line here as well about exactly the way a brick doesn't. I that's a yeah, great line. That is my favourite line. This is really line. use good use of archival footage as well. Actually. Yes, yes. So while this is playing out, I just want to um, uh, preemptively put a pin on the worst gag in the episode, oh. which is the last orders gag. Oh, oh now you God. see that's interesting because oh, that was that was so my fun. other point about um the sort of ironizing because in the radio <laughs> series noticed that before Sorry. oh there's the smashing of the glass what hadn't you noticed i didn't notice that he actually smashes the glass oh yeah yeah um yeah the um the the, the last orders line is i think it's delivered with uh, a bit more of a wry smile in the show than it is in the tv show than it is in the radio show in the radio show it's a bit more genuine like last orders please whereas in this yeah, one yeah. there's a bit more of a chuckle um, you don't, none of the directors have ever been to a pub you don't get nuts in a box like that nuts are on the the back of the car on a card that's yeah no you're absolutely right that's where okay, crisps okay. go okay but look at this right this is genuinely the only human moment we get to mourn the end of the world. Yes, you're absolutely right. Where he takes that moment and believes him. It is the- it's, it's, it's the first time we get a real human contact. Um, but there's, yeah, there's a couple of little chuckles and things that that come from the people at the bar that make me think it's, again, it's interpreted in a different way because what you expect from TV is different. And I think that there was greater credulity in the, in the radio show where I think the barman actually took it at greater face value. And he was really saying last orders. Whereas I think in the TV show, there's a, there's a, there's a bit of a chuckle. It's interesting. So like, if we were watching this in the modern era, mm. we'd see the house come down. But obviously, all you can do in this era is knock down a wall and then stop the bulldozer. Yeah. So we, we cut away from that pretty pretty sharpish. Yeah, it's the same with the hyperspace thing. Like, there's not a lot of... They invert the colour and then there is a nice use of the don't panic text, which is really good. And we'll we'll see that in a bit. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, now, people might say that the effect shots would date something, but mm-hmm. this is fine. Yeah, no, absolutely fine. I mean, also, this is also, not the dildo. That's that's a bad. Considering look. the genesis of a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, uh, where he passed out in a bush, in a hedge in a bush while he was hitchhiking around France. Bush now. Yeah, and, and little shot of them in a bush. 
Right. I don't want to be the guy that says, oh, my God, what are they wearing? But look at this motherfucker. <laughs> Larry David. But all the rest of them, yeah, it's kind of like kindly dated. But that motherfucker was like Telus of Alice. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot of people going to be wearing hats coming out of the subway soon. Yes. And they I, seem I, dated I, even for when it was shot, don't they? Yeah, a little bit. And it's that BBC house. It's very near to Broadcasting House. Yeah, you're right. With a bowler hat, a lot of bowler hats. Yeah. There's another telescopist there under that yeah, hat. A little, a little telescopist there. Don't forget it's 11.30. Why aren't they in their bloody offices? Very good point. Well, unless it's a Thursday. Because we know that uh, Arthur could never get the hang of Thursdays. Now, I think this is where we get into Doctor Who territory again. Yeah. This is not so- good. Um. I'm- I think there are better ways that you could have done this, and I think I, I I think if you don't have the budget, you don't have to like run up to you know one p left in the budget. I think actually just go. You know what? We'll do a less is more thing. You could even you know not show very much Vogue on. I think there's better ways of handling it than trying to go all in on, and creating a kids, uh, a, yeah. a kids TV villain. And also in the book, they show like uh, everyone in the world starting crying out, and mm-hmm. this is just one corner of a subway station that uh, <laughs> have we addressed it, how they it totally understand? scans it totally scans as the whole world doing it have we addressed how that they how they understand them without babelfish have we done that uh no that oh, that hasn't that hasn't been uh, addressed okay as he the has shot a of, in, right as the shot of earth comes up hmm. before it blows up Mm-hmm. Take a look at the top left-hand corner the of face. Earth for me. Yeah, it's Elvis, man. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh-huh. Yeah, indeed. Um, there's, a, there's a lovely thing which we, we've just gone past, which um, I, I quite like, which is the uh, when everybody's screaming, uh, one of the guys who's screaming is the guy who's holding the end is nigh sign. And I quite like his, like, he's as outraged as everybody else. So he's been there probably for days outside the tube station saying the end is nigh. It suddenly is well fucking nigh, and he's still complaining about it. I like that a lot. That is cool. As we go into the scene when um, the guys wake up in a minute, just pick up on that point I said earlier about how the... The only title's music is lovely. The incidental music is far too high in the mix Mm. and just isn't great. Look how hard it is to show an absence of the Earth in space because we don't know what we're looking at for reference. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. That should be emotional, but there's nothing there. Mm. The the sound that's used here is exactly uh, uh, exactly the sound that's used in the radio show. Oh, really? Um, yeah, uh, it's the same. It's exactly the same tone for the for the galley cabin. And, um, and is it from the Doctor Who people? Is it it's, the, well, it's from the BBC workshop. Radiophonic Workshop. It's uh, Paddy Kingsland uh, who worked both on this radio uh, on the radio show and, and this TV show as well. Okay. So, yeah. There's a few things. That there's, a, there's a there's a there's a nice. Oh, sorry, Danny. Sorry. Uh, there's a few things that happen that I don't associate as the character of Arthur. Okay. Like he's far more sassy than, <laughs> than I remember him being. Yeah, like a sassy Arthur. Dan. Yeah. Th- th- this line here, some strange new usage of the word safe that I have not been previously aware of. Yeah. That's really sassy for Arthur, who's perpetually confused. And scared of everything. They are actually both pricks in this bit that's coming up. 
for different reasons. Yes. Yeah, I always got the Ford was a bit of a prick in this bit. Like, it's he, like... he gets a bit mean, actually, which is not really... Ford is not usually mean. He can be thoughtless, um, but he's actively kind of unkind in one of the things he says in a... in a. Uh, this is quite a long scene, but a slightly later bit in this scene. We're about to get the worst uh, effect shot. Oh, the Dentrassi. I'd completely forgotten about this. Yeah. And also the joke, but it's a shame. Look at this set. Look at this set. That's pretty fucking good. It's a, it's, it's a good <laughs> set. It's a bad Dentrassi. Yeah. That's is, it, is it like a leftover Blake 7 set? Yeah, probably. I get the, the feeling that this is oh all dear. old BBC sets lying so around. So the, they spent more. They spent so much money on this series. They couldn't afford to make a series of the goodies. So the goodies <laughs> have to go to ITV. Wow. Really? Yeah. I think I would have rather had another series of the goodies. Oh, you got it just with some adverts in. Yeah, true. So <laughs> just a bit shorter. Um, yeah, one of the one of the lines um, that we just had, which is about the um, the galley cabin being squalid, I think is one of those jokes that only really lands that well in audio or book form. I think once you see it being squalid, the joke is lost because the joke is we are all expecting gleaming lights and flashing or flashing lights and green, oh, yeah, gleaming yeah, control yeah, no, panels. Right. Uh, and when he says, well, it's, you know, because... You Ford wants Arthur to be impressed because he actually says, you know, is this really the interior of a flying spacecraft? And he says, yes, it is, in that kind of proud way. And then you get this lovely beat and then it's a bit squalid, which completely undercuts your expectations. And unfortunately, Three, two, you don't get one, that. pause. Okay. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, yeah, you, you don't get, you don't, you know, it gets undercut. But I yes, I think I know where we're going. So please guide us there. No, no, no. Finish no, I'm done. Point. I'm done. Not okay. finished. Yeah. Um, so, uh, no, after you. as I had, as I now have a spare pause, I want <laughs> to talk about the guide as a device, mm -hmm. as visualised here. Of course, we're about to see those those absolutely gorgeous graphics, which, to be honest, you would you would use graphics that look like that now. Yeah. No. no absolutely. It, absolutely. Sure. Hold up. Um, you're about to see them actually projected into the device itself. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the the form factor of that, it's very, it's about the same size as an original Game Boy. Yeah. Um, I think the unfortunate thing for me is that the, the the idea of the cover doesn't land, and I think the cover's quite important. Yeah, the the the, the sort of you pop the top off like a Pringles can, uh, yes. and then the things underneath. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Once you pop, that's great. Um, it's. Um, I thought that joke would land more with you, John. <laughs> it, it, it did, but it was a bit. It was a bit inside baseball. Um, oh, boom! <laughs> yeah, they did, the 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 case doesn't quite make sense. It's uh, the wrong shape, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, and it, it, it smacks of of a prop department just doing their doing their best. So let, you know, let's let's not be dicks about that. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but they do a fantastic job. It's the hero prop, though. This they yeah. do some fantastic work with the projecting the stuff onto the screen here. It's amazing. For its time, this is what, 1979 or 18? 1980, I think, yeah. It's, it's wonderful. But are we, look, are we looking at it? It's 81, I think, when you get to the end. Okay. Um, but, yeah, still, you know, yeah, it is. Yeah, either way, yeah. And for the BBC, uh, yeah. Oh, so I said earlier on, uh, it's Star Wars has, has, you know, got a similar aesthetic of graphics, but obviously that had a lot more money than this. A lot more, yes. Go on, Danny. See, there's I was, I was just saying about the criticism of the um, of the prop for the guard. Are we looking at that through the prism of um, 
consumer electronic goods that have been around for a good 40, 50 years after this. I distinctly remember the six or seven year old watching it, or maybe it was a bit older, but you know, still like pre-secondary school kid. I still remember thinking that's a bit weird looking. I think the thing is, it doesn't look like a book. You, yes. It's referred to as a book. It's got, and it, you know what I mean? It's, it should look a little bit more like a book, essentially, because we're, we're accepting alien technology can do anything. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think in my head, to a degree, I think the first time I ever visualised this when listening to the radio show, I think it was a device that didn't yet exist, but I think I was thinking of the first generation Kindle, which was mm. quite a big screen and then quite a lot of keyboard. Um, but, I mean, in, in reality, you probably only had, because, it, it, you know, he had this sort of primitive, you had to type in a code because, you know, he, he couldn't conceive of scrolling and touch screens at that time and who can blame him um so it was it was look at a number and type in the number um i i i think you know you probably end up with a smaller keyboard but i think it's that kind of form factor of a device i'd also i'd probably I'd, i would probably say to you i think maybe the people who made the first generation keyboard had the guide of their head cannon in their mind when they made it mm. um oh that's a nice thought which is, you know, it's a slight inversion of what you said, but like, I, I definitely, I retconned this because this is my first exposure to the hitchhikers mm-hmm. um, uh, and to the guide itself at this particular moment. I had not read the books. Um, and when I went and read it, I imagined something that did look like a Gen 1 Kindle. <laughs> Hang on, is, is that the same for everyone? Is this, is this your first, is this your first interaction with the world of Hitchhiker's Guide? I think it may be. I think I remember watching a repeat that was on at nine o'clock on BBC Two, and then it was transmitted after a match in the nineteen eighty six World Cup. That probably I, when I, got, which I'd been watching on a black and white portable. That's probably when I got it then, because because it was my friend's family had taped it, um, and it, yeah, it was it would have been later. Than, I was I was, a, I was a baby when this came out. I remember my dad letting me watch it on a video that had been taped that he'd borrowed off a mate from work, mm. which is probably one of the few things that I was allowed to watch on any video that uh, my dad borrowed off a mate from work. <laughs> or on his electronic photo frames. <laughs> so this is an interesting point, because I, I, I asked you guys if I could watch this with the kids, and we had a little bit of a chat about it. And clearly, I was actually probably slightly younger than my eldest kid when I first watched this. Um, pr- I, I would have watched Red Dwarf around the same time for the first time. Yeah, I think, I think Red, Red Dwarf's Dwarf more... is less suitable. Yes, absolutely. I think this is it's pretty. It's mostly harmless. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've used as, as I said, TJ. I didn't think there was a lot in it for the kids. But um, no, yeah, there's nothing, nothing bad. Oh, I think my kids were quite. I think my kids were quite enjoy it actually. Having watched it today and sort of thought about the things we watched. I mean, we watched. It's um, very talky. I, you know what I mean? Though, like it's it's very it, it's very dense verbally. Yeah. Would that be something have that would? Watched, have you watched um, St- Star Wars or Episode Four, as the uh, millennials call it? <laughs> um, have you watched that with uh, somebody under the age of twenty-eight um, <laughs> in the past ten years? Because that's a boring, talky film for the first ninety minutes. Yes, and then it's a fantastic blowing shit up in space film. Yes, hang on, it's uh, longer um, than ninety minutes. Sorry? Longer than 90 minutes? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, they're, they're long-ass films. They're, yeah. they're, the, the, the shortest one is 2 hour 15. Yeah, they are long films. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
See, but, I always associate with Star Wars as being boring bank holiday films that I always fell asleep to. Right. And now I know why. <laughs> boring films that I always uh, fell asleep to. So yeah, no, I think this could, could be, I think this could be uh, could be kid friendly, and I should probably um, I'm, I might actually watch it with the kids. Yeah, I, I think I think, they, I think they'd enjoy it. Um, there's there's enough that uh, there are enough gags in there that kids can grasp. I think. Yeah, this was probably probably pre watershed. This is probably sort of eight o'clock. I would have said. Mm. Mm. Um, I would think you know just after kind of prime time. Um. All right, uh, if we're good to go, I've got us at uh, 21.36. Here we go. Here we go. I've spot on 21.36. Jesus. Just talking about the guidance device. Yeah, Mm, no, so go into it. Just look at the magic that they've done there with no budget of getting the the guidance of the device, but it's, it's still not right. It doesn't, the, the box doesn't work. Don't panic on the front doesn't work. We needed to have a shot of don't panic on the box. Yes. They're on there. They've hidden that from me. Yes. Uh, I don't know why it's in, in, in that, in that canister. He's got the thumbs of, uh, much younger uh, man. Twice his age. <laughs> when she starts typing in mm-hmm. shortly, um, he's, he's, he, he's got uh, pre-predictive text messaging levels of touch typing. Uh, <laughs> Which is which is very impressive. Can I yeah. just, can I Go just say I've never seen a iteration of the guide in film or in in a visual representation that's been completely comfortable to me. No, unless we're talking about uh, you know the thing in Big, the prototype of the comic book. Oh, I you don't. The, 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 I know what you mean. Uh, the guy, the guy, uh, he, he in big, he he comes up with becomes a toy inventor. Yeah, he becomes a toy inventor, yeah. and the toy that he invents is a choose your own adventure comic book. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of this fold out thing that has a keyboard inside this comic book ah. shaped thing. And that is the only thing that I've ever seen visually that goes. That's what I imagine the guide is, mm-hmm. but it's not actually in any. Uh, Hitchhiker's thing. It's actually in a uh, overrated film by Tom Hanks. The big, big My only criticism of of the guide now through a modern lens is the idea of it being a single application device rather than an app. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, 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 I actually come at it from the opposite direction. I think the guide would be the device, and the other things would be the apps that would run on the guide. I think the guide would kind of be an indispensable thing. I, I can't. I think that's just a romanticism. I think a, a more pragmatic thing is you are right that it would just be one app. But I love the idea of that the guide is the device, and then there are other apps that you can run on the guide, as opposed to the guide being an app that you run on your other device. So the guide being the World Wide Web, mm. and then you choosing a device that you're going to put into it. Yeah, I I, I like the idea of the, the guide as device. Yeah, um, we, uh, as a status symbol. And mm. then you show it in certain restaurants and get a discount, and that sort of. It, oh, it he's being... got a guide. Yeah, he's got a like. Yeah, I've got an actual guide. I haven't just got the the you know the 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 boring app version. Um, it's like yeah, it's like the difference between Shazam, which can be a phone number that you can call, or Shazam on the uh, on the actual smartphone app. Um, uh, right, good. Uh, shall we? Shall we resume? Twenty-one thirty-six. Yeah, three and a two and a one. And a push. 
there's that lovely text and it's very impressive once you you look at the amount of jiggling around that uh, that Arthur was doing with his hands how they how they projected that on it's very good I mean are they using Letraset for the text here um I don't so know where it's actual cell animation so yeah I um, was just told it was pencil basically from from what from what I'd heard back in the day, it was basically they, just they made no text onto onto acetates, mm. uh, but it might but it might be Letraset. I'd but imagine look, it would. But bug letter based, isn't he gorgeous? <laughs> That's a good bug letter based, and of course it has he to looks be read. Like, he, he looks like the um, famous baddie that uh, <laughs> look at Kurt, this spamming on top of it. I know. There's Kurt. some lovely little things in here. You know that Kirk fights in that hilariously bad fight where he does the double fist and yes. throws him. Yeah. So um, in that scene, did Douglas just invent spam? <laughs> I guess so, actually. That's up the people brocks. Yeah. Um, there, there, there's, there's uh, in, throughout the. Um, Throughout the the TV show or the TV series, there are some lovely visual gags that the guide gives you that you don't get in any other medium. And and you know, for for one thing, that's that's a lovely a lovely thing that the TV series gives us. This is think- such a, a such a nasty sort of Route One thing with the the, the blue food and the green. Like it just doesn't uh, that that this, doesn't this work. This is the bit where Ford he throws this gag away. He doesn't doesn't land it right. Mm. Yeah, no, he doesn't. Yeah. More than that, watch uh, Ford as he uh, he takes his bite. Mm-hmm. Deliberately turns it around to bite the art in the Arthur's just been eating. The exact opposite <laughs> of what any normal person would do. <laughs> He's just an alien. He's just a weird alien bastard. And he seems more angry than he should be about just taking a bad bite of food. Oh, Arthur, minute, yeah. He does overreact. Look towards the left here. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the Statue of Liberty in this scene? Not yet. There she is. Yes, there. Yes. Oh wow! And there's a Triceratops skull shortly, I, which I, is just I, the bones have actually like like nicked a load of shit. I had that fucking written down. Like it is like Predator. You know when you see in the background of the thing and they've got the alien skull. Yeah. Yeah. The, the is it Dentrassi? Are they are the Dentrassi basically trying to skim stuff? So this stuff, this bit where Ford picks up like um, supposedly what you think of as fucking brilliant futuristic technology and just That's dismisses it. Yeah, and it's just That's boring to him. Phone. It's literally a mobile phone that I've just thrown away. Triceratops skull there. <laughs> there you go. So these are only things that you can get on Earth. Mm. That's a Cyberman. That's a Cyberman head. Right. Are these bits? Is this bit supposed to be? Oh, look at all these advanced technologies! But I'm so advanced that I'm throwing them away because they're passe to me. But look at the babel fish that's coming up. Is that? I guess. Yeah. The because only way the, that I'm making sense of this scene. The only way I'm making, which which might be not reading enough into it, is is purely we've got a lot of exposition to get through, and we need to find something for these characters to be doing. And this is this is something that you know we can we can do a couple of little gags. I don't know if there's huge amounts of thought being put into it apart from he he does the sort of hypno ray thing and then throws that away, which I think is quite a nice gag. He's like hypno ray. I mean, um, 
Peter Dixon uh, or David Dixon or whatever his name is, he he reads it wrong. Um, he gets he he says the line wrong, but I think the the line's good, which is just like looking at something and going hypno ray and like with just disdain throwing it away. Dan, this the towel actually is the punchline, not the babelfish. Oh, that's a really good point. Oh uh, yeah, but yeah, you're absolutely right. The, yeah. He's looking because I was going to say, is he looking for something? He's looking for a towel. Yeah, picks up all those things, and then he says, "Well, there's your towel." But yeah. they never did. They ever go in the TV series? Why a towel is so important? Like, I you know a, what? I'm not sure they do. They show it. Yeah, but you don't get a guide explanation of why, you know, the roughing it, slumming it, and even washing yeah. yourself with it if it's, or drying yourself if it still seems clean enough. I don't think, having recently rewatched all six episodes, I don't remember it being mentioned. It just looks like they've won the Babelfish out of a fairground yeah. um, <laughs> uh, machine there. Um, the That's film did that really well. Fish. Uh, the, the, the film did a really good job of... Um, of the whole Babelfish situation with, uh, with Martin, uh, with, uh, Martin Freeman doing his Martin Freeman faces. Does, does the film actually pick up on that graphic aesthetic that we've been talking about? It has I its own. It yeah, it has its own. And I think it's a really nice aesthetic. It's uh, much more colourful, but it's 2D animation um, and kind of jolly and blocky and sort of not quite 8-bitty, but there's a, there's a, uh, a pixelation a to it, a low finesse, yeah, absolutely, um, and it looks the the animations actually look really nice and quite sophisticated, but also quite friendly. Um, and so I think the visual design as a different way of of tackling it is actually really, really, really good. For some reason, the guide is massive um, because it was before the iPad, and the first iPad was actually pretty pretty massive as well. In fairness, uh, okay. that yeah. It, yes. It took it took me years to get the line. I don't know if we've missed it, but you know that it's unpleasant like being drunk. Oh, it's a great line. Yeah. It took me years to get that. It oh, really? Me years to understand like the, how clever that fucking line is. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm into into adulthood and going. <laughs> That's one of the few things where I wasn't, um, I didn't love Jeffrey McGiven's reading because it was, it was just too on the nose. It was too, it was um, a little bit forced. Um, whereas I think, yeah, you can throw it away a little bit more. There's an interesting effect for for dealing with hyperspace. Mm-hmm. But having the don't panic text just flash up like that, I think is great. That's a perfect use for that for that text at that point, which is really good. Even though what any watched it today, I, mm. I forgot they do the Babelfish, then they do the hyperspace thing, and then they use the Babelfish as a way of bridging the time. That's 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 really nice writing, really good editing. Yeah, this was apparently incre- the um, demo that the graphics company did to prove that they could do it. Oh, oh really? It's, mm. it's it's beautiful. It's really nice. The um the the film does a really nice version of this as well, which I think we've talked about before when we when we actually did B for Buffer Babelfish. Um, we it, the 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 film has a sort of um a, a little a little bit where a guy sticks his head up a cow's bottom, uh, oh. and the cow uh sends a little love heart back to the man, and then the man just sort of backs away slowly. Um, it's something like that, and it's it's just a lovely little soundless uh bit of of work while uh, Stephen Fry is doing his narration but but you're right john like a week ago when you were talking about how the representation of god in the guide is actually the the michelangelo version yes. which yeah, yeah. insinuates the yeah. abraham god 
Yes. Yeah. Um, very much. But then I think one one way of maybe um, coming up with a shitty cod explanation for that is these are animations for an Earth audience. Yeah. That's my that's that's my answer to that. <laughs> so in a guard is going to come in, right? And it's the second example of something which I, I, I mentioned very briefly earlier on, which has probably been lost, which is the use of um, zooms <laughs> in a shot. Now, this is something that I was told you should never do. Okay. Um, and it speaks to the budget because if you if you zoom to uh, pull the audience's focus onto something, yes, it's said that you, you're you're basically you're breaking the film because you are taking away like a passive um, uh, eye line, okay. and and you're doing something that the human eye can't do. The human eye can't zoom. Yes, if you track, yes, naturally it doesn't break someone out. Yes, they've. they've done one zoom already and they do another one in a minute when the Vogan guard comes in mm-hmm. um, yeah, and that's, 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 because a zoom. Don't have a, that's because they don't have a track and because they have a video camera rather than a film <laughs> yes. camera they're not using primes can I just They've, comment as well that moment where he goes oh the earth was destroyed and he said oh listen I'm quite upset about that yeah, yeah. such a wonderful line I love that the understatedness like, of it yeah I'm not devastated I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm, Listen, I'm quite upset about that. And this is where um, Ford actually gets quite mean. I don't think that lands for me at all. Really? Yeah. Um, there's no... There's not There's not really any emotion there. I think because he hasn't yeah, yet... Yeah, I think that, 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 that speaks to his state of shock. He hasn't yet processed it. Yeah, this is still just the culture shock. Uh, and this is this is roughly speaking uh, just about the end. And for some reason, a Vogon roars. I don't, yeah, don't quite know why the Vo- the Vogon roars, but there you go. Dun 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 dun. A perfect little Adams. Um, a little cliffhanger. Yeah. 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 Doesn't seem frightening. I thought for us. I really want. To I think you probably wouldn't know. So- by the way, the the scrolling up of yellow titles, mm-hmm. yeah, is is that like that's a little bit reminiscent of Star Thingy, right? Yeah, there is that that sort of making trying to make it look three D, not doing that great a job of it, but trying to make it look like it is three. I think that's a I hadn't made that connection, but it is very much like that. Um, and he's not. I mean, you know, this is not all Adams, obviously, but he was never afraid to make fun of other Bigger sci-fi properties one. yeah ah oh, get you can read roman numerals <laughs> of course you can do media studies oh, so what, did that in a level mate what, <laughs> what year do, what year does the roman numeral say by the way 81 81, 81. Yeah. i think it's transmitted in 81 but it was made and it was made in sort of 80 so mm-hmm. isn't that really weird that for such a long time we used to use roman numerals for television production dates we still yeah, do still don't we do for that. the copyright yeah i think the bbc still does it's just that they're, they're less they they it's less now because we're on mm that's exactly that's exactly it. they're less prominent now because they're a lot easier to read yeah they used to be you know seven letters long but um yeah i think that i think that still persists mmx vii 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, exactly. Um, to you too. Uh, so. So that was our watching of uh, of episode one of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, I really want to watch episode two. I really do. Well, there you right. go. I think I think that's really interesting because I don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've watched I've watched the entire series. So I did it for research, and and I'd seen I'd seen quite a few episodes beforehand, and I've never ever liked it. I. I think there are there are not redeeming qualities. There are there are very good things about it, and the animation is great. The use of you know at least two of the voice actors is really good. Um, I, you know, I, I, I of course Mark Wing Davies is in it as well. There are just there are limitations that they couldn't have done at the time. I just think um, I would have preferred people to have said either make it as a cartoon or you know what we we don't have the budget to make this good so let's wait let's let's you know people know that that is a thing that can happen it has happened before people have made decisions it usually happens in film to say let's wait for the technology to catch up to the vision and then we can make it um and you know the technology existed then it's just that the budget didn't and that's understand understandable and no one's to blame for it um i pratchett famously refused to have live uh live yeah. action versus discworld for a very long time and very, then he very. allowed animation so he went the other way yes and then he uh, allowed a, a live action as well uh he did sky did a couple yeah um yeah. i think i think animation would have been quite quite interesting but i can see why you know douglas wouldn't necessarily want to do that i just think it you know i think it just the technology wasn't there and i'm mainly thinking things like costumes and and an alien makeup i think for, for most of the rest of it i think it's it's actually pretty good you know the sets i think are fine they're not actually too wobbly um you know as much as i'm not a massive fan of ford in this i i recognize that's just a me thing um and so i think performance wise you, you're pretty grand uh it's it's actually just makeup and whatever the other thing is that i just said <laughs> um uh, costume yeah i think i think those are the two things that i just think because you've got the likes of um of of marvin uh and trillion being hopelessly miscast but there you go i think if you're making this tv series today mm. you would um you would end i you did two things actually you mm -hmm. either start on the destruction of the earth or you would end on the destruction of the earth um the the idea that the biggest single most uh, cataclysmic thing that can happen uh, in the entire world happens about uh, two thirds of the way through mm. and isn't really a major plot point. I, I think that that's yeah. I think that's part of its selling point. I disagree. I, I think that the destruction of the Earth being only Arthur's problem. Yeah, <laughs> it's such a really wonderful thing about the whole series. It gives it such a. It, it really kicks you into a sense of perspective. It's like, oh yeah, no, like the whole Earth was destroyed, but nobody really cares apart from that one person, because that's what it matters to the universe. So, yeah, I, I, I like that it's only a beat in the the entire plot. Yeah, I think most of the beats from the TV series are borrowed. I think almost all of them are borrowed from the um, from the radio. Um, I'm trying to think now. I, I think that uh, they get. I'm trying. I'm, yeah, I am actually just trying to think if um, the the uh, the threat of of having the Vogon poetry read is actually the cliffhanger of the first one, but it's n of the radio series. Sorry, but it's not far off. So a lot of those sort of those beats and those um, 
and, and that uh, that timing is kept throughout you know throughout both of them um and there's very little story change you know he they they changed to disaster area um which when i saw the tv series uh which for me would have been it's about 12 years ago i think when i when i first saw uh the series and i i saw the this re this reworking of of using disaster area that always read to me much more like a budgetary issue than anything else because there was no way you could have um done the um the shape-shifting you know uh, highly evolving um, creatures which are only a fixture of the first radio series because they were written by john um i'm, I'm blanking on all names tonight uh but the the qi fella john lloyd yeah john lloyd thank you yeah there were that 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 whole thing was written by him the hagunenons um was was John a carpenter yeah was was a john lloyd thing and um like harold he, lloyd yeah harold bish um <laughs> yeah. lloyd Roy, yeah yeah <laughs> cool <laughs> well there we go um that's that's what's your favorite scene mark as someone who hates it um probably that's a really really good question um probably the, the either the pub scene or the the little prosa discussion mm-hmm. uh and i, th- I think yeah i think probably the prosa danny hello favorite scene which, which favorite scene um what i bit think did you like best? the discussion between um I, I i'm gonna go back to that moment i really like the moment where um arthur says listen i'm quite upset about that mm-hmm that really? is the, that is the that is the voice of an Englishman trying to process something too big for him <laughs> to be able to handle, and that's him expressing the most outrage that he can be at that moment. <laughs> what about you, Bounder? Oh, I, I, it's difficult to get past the pub scene for me. I think mm. it's um, it's the sort of mise en scene of it is um, mm-hmm. is so uh, evocative. And um, yeah, you you wouldn't. Um, there's no particular reason they have to go for a pub uh, to a pub or anything because they could totally have cut straight away from the the in the whole story at all from the destruction and the bulldozer to the Vogon fleet arriving. The pub is there as a, a piece of um, exposition, but also like of it's trying to make you a little bit sad about the world. I think. It's mm. going to be destroyed because who doesn't love a lovely, uh, comfy a piece of merry old England on Cup Final Day? It's, it's giving you some grounding, isn't it? As well. Well, you say Cup Final Day. I think you convinced me that it's that Tottenham game. Well, it's um, yeah. I mean, I don't want to get to either. And to be honest, they sound dreadful. They sound like they were dreadful. <laughs> there's, well, um, there's a small part of me that's. Um, I, I know it wouldn't film well, but as someone who's... Huh? Yeah, it's my toe. Um, there's a small part of me that feels slightly cheated that I don't have to uh, work out how to turn the lights on and um, and walk around my house uh, like I did in the text adventure before <laughs> I can find out that there's a, <laughs> there's a, a bulldozer outside my house. Um, but um, I, th- I think the... I would take the double sequence of, of Prosser into the pub as being the the, the real magic for me. And it, and it's where the characters work the best. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Well, that was wonderful. Um, thank you uh, for for joining us. Uh, we are going to take a couple of weeks off. So we're going to enjoy our Christmas and we hope that uh, you enjoy yours. Uh, we'll be back in the new year with, uh, well, season two, I guess we can call it that. Uh, so we're, we're going to continue running through the G's. Uh, we will get to Hagu Nennons uh, very soon, in fact, uh, which are... Um, a species that I uh, I always found rather funny. So uh, do join us for that. Subscribe to the show, btlpodcast.com. Uh, and let's just go around uh, around the table and uh, and hear and hear the breakout <laughs> yes. star of Beware of the Leopard, John's Deaf Cat. Hello, John's Deaf Cat. Oh. So Danny, where can people find you oh, on the internet, mate? Oh, just find me on. Um, I'm on Twitter at probably drunk. Uh, it'd be nice. Uh, say hello. Uh, in fact, uh, yeah. Tell me, um, tell me if you enjoyed uh, that particular line, as I'm the only person that did. You're not, but that's fine. Bounder, what about yourself, mate? Exactly, Bounder. That's exactly where you need to come and um, interact with me if you if you like to. Um, you'll probably mostly find it's me retweeting um, offensive um, far left political uh, opinions. Sounds good, John Hickman without an H. But with an H. Uh, I would rather that you spoke to your nan. Oh, and um, she's been waiting for that and, call. Yeah, and you know, just just uh, pa- pass the after eights around and uh, make sure the port goes the right way and pledge your full pursuits. Slice, oh, slice the Viennetta fairly. Have a lovely Christmas. You too. Don't worry about me. Now I'm talking to them. It's Christmas. Share and enjoy. Oh, <laughs> there's no need to. There's no need to panic. Oh.